It might get loud. It might light a fire within you. It's all hands on deck. Now, for your listening pleasure, 94.9 News Now presents Mean Chet Martin, the Long Island redneck Brian Bro, and fearless C.V. Burton. This is Freedom on Deck. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Freedom on Deck on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Mean Chet Martin here with you for another fantastic Saturday of FOD. Myself and C.V. Burton will be altering segments, so you hear me, C.V., C.V., me. I wanted to start off locally. Senator Chris Murphy uh, had made comments on the immigration issue and what's going on with our southern border. It's something that I think we pretty much tackle every Saturday here. We try our best to understand the plight of some of the folks that are coming over, but it really feels like right now in America, the American citizen has had enough of all this, and Chris Murphy knows it, and his statement shows it, but at the same time, uh, it's kind of wishy-washy, which is um, kind of the way the Democrats have been treating the caravans that have been coming over over the past six to seven months, even longer with Joe Biden. But now it's at a fever pitch where we're getting some days 8,000 people getting through, and some of them are very dangerous people. So last Wednesday, Chris Murphy made some comments about undocumented Americans. This is coming from Town Hall, in case you want to look. The liberal Democrat made the comments during a discussion with MSNBC's Chris Hayes, who noted that unlike in the past, the Democrats did not push for a path to citizenship during negotiations with Republicans over the Ukraine-U.S. border supplemental funding bill. Well, I mean, Chris, and this is coming from Murphy. Well, I mean, Chris, that's been a failed play for 20 years. So you are right that there has been the Democratic strategy for 30 years, maybe. And it has failed to deliver for the people we care about most, the undocumented Americans that are in this country. Murphy said, despite admitting that the Democrat Party cares more about illegal aliens than U.S. citizens, Murphy admitting, admitted that behaving accordingly is no longer politically viable in the current climate. A little more from Chris Murphy here. This is also not 2013 any longer, and we ran that play last. Back then, there were a couple hundred people showing up every day applying for asylum. Today, on some days, there are 8,000, and the reality is the bulk of this country does not think that's right or sustainable and wants us to change the reality at the border, Murphy said. Due to Biden's regime's mismanagement, the crisis at the southern border has become so dire that a majority of Americans believe what is happening there constitutes an invasion. Illegal border crossings have surged since Biden took office. Just this week in in a revealed U.S. Customs and Border Protection has logged over one million encounters since October 1st, the start of the 2024 fiscal year. So since October, we've had what what they have, uh, the numbers that they've gathered, which we know aren't the total numbers, but they are admitting one million since October. Now, that's not even in a year's time. And I think the numbers are a lot higher. Chris Murphy's comments show you just who he is he's he's showing you who he is the rose-colored glasses that chris murphy has when he looks at our situation on the southern border i think makes him a a gives him a dereliction of his duty he does not represent the constituents that vote for him time and time again wake up connecticut this guy's not a good guy and he still says Even though the folks that are coming over are not being welcomed, in his own words, not mine, 
Uh, we still have to make them number one. Well, they have made them number one, haven't they? Homeless shelters have, have been uh, rearranged for the undocuments. They have hotels where veterans used to stay and had to find new – and don't tell me they didn't because it did happen – had to find new headquarters to go and relocate to, and meaning headquarters, the streets – so that illegals coming over here have a place to lay their head. Mostly adult males, by the way, with iPhones and Air Jordans on. And who's footing the bill? How do you get one million people to come into this country from what our central intelligence law enforcement agencies are telling us? As we, we, can, we can double that safely. I can safely say you can double that. Imagine all the people they don't find. So over a million, okay, since October. That's a lot of people. And I think it's much higher than that. And at this point, we are paying out the rear end in order for these people to come in, use welfare, use WIC, and they are using these programs. I don't know how they're allowed to do it, but they do. And I've looked into this. You can do your own private investigations if you want. And the numbers have not changed. They keep going up and up and up. Uh, It's something that Lee Elsie was talking about last week was how Democrats suddenly have this epiphany uh, about how all these folks pouring in through our southern border is wrong. When election time comes, he's exactly right. And that if I get into more of this article on town hall with what Chris Murphy says, and he says a lot more, um, you can see that Chris Murphy is not really jumping headfirst in. He's trying to protect his statements from the past while trying to not sound unhinged or let's put it this way, trying to sound as good for the folks coming in. That have no right to come into this country by law and and uh, and still sound like he cares for the American people that he represents in Connecticut. And obviously that's just not true. We have a broken system. People are struggling to pay rent. They're deciding to pay rent instead of putting groceries on the table for their families. Uh, School tuition, that only goes up when your kids are getting ready to go to college. All those nickels and dimes and dollars that you used to save up because you could when the economy was decent under Donald Trump, all that's gone now. Don't even try to uh, equate what's going on right right now to anything that happened under Donald Trump. Don't even try it as far as the southern border is concerned because it's night and day. We actually had a president that wanted to keep the bad element out, that wanted to keep the rule breakers out, that wanted to give the American people a break. Well, you can't give the American people a break while giving non-citizens pouring into our country a break giving them food, giving them shelter, giving them vaccinations, giving them health care. And they get all that stuff, believe me. They get all that stuff. If you really sat down with a few migrants, illegals, I call them, that came in through the southern border, nine times out of ten when you ask them why they came into America, they're either going to say work or family. And if you ask them if they intend on staying in America, their answer usually is no. Now, that could be said that's a good thing, yeah. But the, the, the problem is all the money that they ship off back to their country, which is a ton, a ton. Some of those little bodegas on Long Island, are you kidding me? They see thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in a day where they can see upwards of $50,000 out in East Hampton where I used to work, I know for a fact that's what happens at a lot of these small bodegas 
where they do money orders. And I know they send thousands and thousands of dollars back to Ecuador, back to Mexico, back to Chile, you name it. And it's not only in, uh, in, on, in South America where this money's going. It's going all over the place except for in the pockets of Americans. It's not going to help our veterans. It's not going to help our American families that are on the streets. And it's not going out to help you. But if you keep putting people like Chris Murphy into positions of power... Why do you believe that it's going to change? It's not. When's it going to get to the point where they're actually ripping the identity from America? Well, they already have. They've been doing that for a long time. But it seems now they're actually, they're actually not afraid to show us that they want to replace us. Listen, CV's coming up next. I'll be back around segment four. Freedom on Deck 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Freedom on Deck, 94.9 Fox News, or News Now, or whatever the heck you want to call it today. Thanks, Chet. C.V. Burton here. All I know is that a few years ago, Fox News bought this station, which was called News Now and Stimulating Talk, which is what Chet still calls it today. I call it Fox News because it's shorter and easier to say. Fox bought it from CBS, but now the Fox News Network is getting a bad rap from the MAGA movement. We're getting TDS, you know, TDS, Trump derangement syndrome. And they're getting all rhino-ish. Rhino, of course, means Republican in name only. But that's the TV network, which is an entirely different animal from the radio network, which has never given Freedom on Deck any grief for being America first, pro-MAGA, and pro-Trump. And we get into areas you will never hear on the Fox News television network, like for example, Pizzagate and the murder of Seth Rich. By the way, have you heard that the FBI refuses to release Seth Rich's laptop and any other documents they have on the case to this attorney named Clevenger, even though a judge ordered it released? Last year, the FBI said they will release everything on Seth Rich in 66 years, <laughs> trying to pull a JFK thingy. Then this past November, a federal judge ordered it all released. And their new excuse? They will never release what they have on Seth Rich because it is part of a murder investigation. That's what I said many times on this show, that the best way the FBI has to cover something up and never to answer questions on a case is to simply say, we cannot disclose any information on that as it's part of an ongoing investigation. It's getting to be old hat now. Everyone knows the game they're playing when they claim something which they don't want to talk about is under investigation. But it's obvious why they are hiding everything they have on Seth Rich. It's because since 2016, the feds have accused Russians of hacking the DNC and Podesta emails and then giving them to WikiLeaks to help Donald Trump win the presidency. That lie was the framework, no pun intended, upon which they tried to frame Donald Trump with Russia collusion. We know what happened years later. Mueller had to finally admit they had nothing to prove that case. It was all a lie and scam from day one, straight from the twisted mind of Hillary Clinton's campaign director, John Podesta. Anyway, it was a DNC insider who hacked the emails, Seth Rich, who as a way to send the message, was murdered. As one of the Podesta emails recommended, let that be a lesson to any whistleblowers. Anyway, Thursday the 8th was a great day for MAGA if you were paying attention. 
Three huge things happened in one day. First off, the Supreme Court of the United States heard the arguments of the plaintiffs of Colorado as to why they think they have the right and duty to keep President Trump off their ballots. Then, special counsel Robert Herr on Thursday released his scathing report on Biden's stolen classified documents, which we'll get into later. Then, the third huge thing, Tucker Carlson released his two-hour interview with President Vladimir Putin, which we'll get into later also. Today, you have me for three segments of playtime. So we do have time. And if all this wasn't enough, the day before all this, on Wednesday, the disastrous border bill died in the Senate, thank God. And I do mean thank Yahweh, the God of Israel. Yes, the MAGA movement was behind the killing of that bill, but ultimately, we have God to thank for our recent victories. But I don't want to get too esoteric right now. Maybe we'll have time for that later. Let's look at the Supreme Court hearings first. Trump versus Anderson. A little over two hours long, as was the Putin interview, I listened intently. I rewound any bits that I didn't immediately understand until I fully understood them. By the way, I recommend that to anyone who wants to learn, grow, and improve. Never pretend you understand something when you don't. That's how you stagnate. That's the cause of arrested development. Being too proud to take the time to understand or to tell your employer or teacher or whoever the authority figure is to repeat what they said until you finally get it. That's how I read books too. I read them carefully and I always stop to look up words or facts when the meeting is not immediately apparent. My overall impression of the entire hearing was that none of the nine justices seemed pleased with the plaintiff's arguments and Gorsuch displayed the most ire. And also Roberts, Alito, Thomas, Kavanaugh, Amy Barrett, and even liberal Katanji Brown-Jackson and Elena Kagan argued against the plaintiff's arguments. They all pushed back. Sonia Sotomayor was the most inarticulate, though. She was stuttering and stammering, but even she was skeptical. So I predict an 8-1 to one verdict against keeping Trump off the ballot. Drilling down on the arguments, the plaintiff said that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment bars any official from holding office if they were involved in an insurrection. But Trump's lawyer, Jonathan Mitchell, pointed out that the provision is talking about appointed officials, not an elected president of the United States. Justice Kajanji Brown Jackson, appointed by Biden, even agreed with Mitchell, saying that the word president is not listed in Section 3, and that signified to her that the provision had no original intent to include elected presidents. As far as those who drafted this clause, generally speaking, it's impossible to imagine that a sitting president can be accused of insurrection when he already sits on the highest bench in the nation. So a few of the justices expressed their concern that the term insurrectionist itself is vague and open to interpretation by the states and by Congress and by the Supreme Court itself. But the plaintiffs seem to suggest that it's just a given that Trump is an insurrectionist based on things he said. What? What things did he say? He told the protesters to go to the Capitol peacefully and patriotically to protest and respect the police. Later, he told them to go home. So what part of that is an insurrection? Alito and Gorsuch argued that if Trump was automatically an insurrectionist on January 6th, would it be okay for officials to disobey his orders after January 6th, but before he left office on the 20th? The plaintiff's lawyer, Jason Murray, kept dodging that question until Gorsuch yelled at him and said, 
If you don't know the answer, that's okay. Just say so, and we'll move on. Most of the justices were irritated by the whole thing, saying that if they rule that Colorado can keep Trump off the ballot, then every state will do the same in every election against anyone they don't like. And the Supreme Court would have to decide what insurrectionist means and whether this excuse or that excuse is valid or not. It would be a logistical nightmare. I predict that the vote will be 8-1 to one or unanimous that the Supreme Court will reject Colorado's attempt at keeping Trump off the ballot. But when Trump wins on November 5th, the Democrats in Congress will try to prevent Trump from taking office based on the same silly insurrectionist accusation. But Republicans will make gains in Congress riding on Trump's coattails, and they will not have enough votes. You heard it here first. So here's the thing. All nine justices of the Supreme Court of the United States saw that this was all about stopping Trump. And that's why they had no patience for the plaintiffs in the Colorado case to keep Trump off the ballots. And another thing is, even if if they ruled that they can keep Trump off the ballot, then every state is going to do it. Not just Democrats, but Republicans will try to keep candidates that they don't like off the ballots. And it's going to open up this whole Pandora's box. Everybody knows it. It wasn't the original intent of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. It's ridiculous on its face. It's going to be thrown out 100%. And that's all I'm going to say about this. I'll be back in the next segment and then again on Segment 5, talking about the Putin interview and the Biden classified documents report, I think. This is Freedom on Deck. 94.9 Fox News Radio. Burton here on 94.9 Fox News Radio. Let's talk about the Putin interview now. Like the SCOTUS hearing, this was a little over two hours. I know most of you are busy during the week and it's difficult to find four and a half hours of uh, listening to audio on a weekday. Tucker treks all the way to Moscow to interview Russia's president, Vladimir Putin. It was released on Thursday, a big news day, a great day for America First Patriots. What with the SCOTUS hearing and the report on the scathing Biden classified documents report, all this coming on the heels of Wednesday's death of the ridiculous bipartisan border bill. And don't forget that we're in primary season where Trump is just crushing it. So the MAGA movement was already in good spirits. Again, as with the SCOTUS hearing, I listened to this interview intently. And it was difficult because it was being translated in real time and there was a delay. And sometimes Putin's hand gestures and facial expressions were not in sync with the words, if you know what I mean. Anyway, I was going to play clips, but it's just easier to reiterate the key points myself in a simplified manner, easier to digest. Besides, when I play clips on this show, it's much funnier when it's of lefties pontificating on their nonsense. So I could jump in and refute their lies and make fun of them all at the same time. 
I wouldn't do anything like that here because the issues at stake here are resulting in the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people. Remember when Trump was asked, uh, do you want Russia to win or do you want Ukraine to win? And Trump was like, I don't want people to die. That's all. I just want the dying to stop. Just want people to stop dying. So it's it's just this is just not funny. Although I did notice that Putin kept making fun of Tucker, alluding to the fact that he thinks Tucker to be unserious. And that might be because he probably heard Tucker on his show saying uh, disparaging things against Putin and whatnot, even though Tucker has more of an open mind than the left does or the rhinos do. For example, I don't know how many of you guys caught this, but Putin said that he could understand why the CIA rejected Tucker, who had at one time tried to join the CIA. I guess when he was much younger. He said he understood because the CIA is a serious agency. Nice little dig there. If you catch my drift, if you're picking up what I'm putting down. So Putin seemed quite happy to do this interview because, as he stated somewhere in the interview itself, the United States owns the media, not just in this country, but as the leader of the media of the world in general, and that it is next to impossible for him to get his side of the story out. Indeed, Tucker is now the target of outrage that he even conducted this interview in the first place. Even Sebastian Gorka, do you, you know who Sebastian Gorka is? He's big Trump supporter. But even Sebastian Gorka, from his own America First radio show, was harshly critical of Tucker. But then, Gorka's foreign affairs stances had always mirrored the globalists in both parties. I've always criticized Gorka for that. Domestically, he's right on point, so don't get me wrong. But Tucker and Gorka were at odds on other issues as well. Like, for example, Tucker recognizes that Assad of Syria was protecting the Christians against the extremist Muslims like ISIS. And Gorka saw Assad as being a violent dictator who should be removed. As was the stance that Barack Antichrist had taken. Now, what I was looking for in this interview were the obvious questions. What started this war in Ukraine? Are you, Putin, interested in negotiating a way out of this thing? Are you looking to expand the war as the lying left keep insinuating to other nations like Poland? Might this war lead to a nuclear war? That's an obvious question. Let's take Putin's answers one at a time. The Reader's Digest versions. The first question. What started this Ukraine war? He answered this question exactly the way I've explained it on this show numerous times, except that he gave granular detail, which I could never possibly do because he knows the full history of it and he went way back in history. He went he went way back to the 800s. I'll just reiterate the key points he made though. Uh Ukraine had developed as a buffer zone for the West, a place to infiltrate, to breathe down the neck of Russia on their border. A lot of Hungarians moved in there, he said, as well as neo-Nazis. On the east side, the Donbass region, there are people loyal to Russia who speak Russian and they keep the Russian culture. And I know this is complicated, but I'm trying to keep it simple. In 2014, under the Barack Antichrist regime, the CIA helped the Nazis in Ukraine to stage a coup. The government that took over was a Nazi regime, essentially, which waged war and were trying to commit genocide against the people in Donbass, or the Donbass region, who were loyal to Russia. Putin tried 
many times to negotiate with Ukraine to stop this war against its own people. And he was also concerned that Ukraine was being urged to join NATO. The negotiations produced the Minsk agreements, which kept Putin from stepping in militarily at that time. So fast forward. The Biden regime, still under the thumb of Barack Antichrist, and note, this would not have happened under Trump, who kept us in peace and prosperity during his tenure. They ditched the minced agreements and kept antagonizing Russia by persecuting the Donbass people until Putin was provoked enough to go in there militarily to stop their civil war against their own people who were sympathetic to Russia. Putin, later in the interview, suggested, in so many words, that this provocation to war was instigated chiefly by the United States for two main reasons. One, to get America's border crisis, our national debt, inflation, and other horrific issues off the headlines, while using the conflict to move tens of billions of dollars into corrupt Ukraine for nefarious reasons. I'm sure our listeners will cite other reasons as well, but I only have 11 minutes here. So the next question, are you, Putin, interested in negotiating a way out of this thing? He answers in the affirmative. He said he offered to negotiate several times. The Minsk agreements were signed in September 2014, but were later reneged on by the West, led by America. One time, they agreed to find a peaceful solution and Boris Johnson from Britain was to visit Moscow and negotiate, but he was headed off by the CIA and sent home. He said none of this had to happen. Russia wouldn't have lifted a finger. But, as some of you might remember, Biden was running around in 2021 screaming that Russia was about to invade. They're about to invade. They're going to invade any minute now. Do you remember? Like his regime was pushing for it. And the Nazi regime in Ukraine kept attacking the people in the Donbass region. Putin said if he didn't act, Russia would have been culpable. Will Russia expand the war into Poland? And might this boil over into a nuclear conflict? He said, no, that's absurd. He has zero interest in Poland. In fact, if I understood correctly... He'd be glad to walk away if the West would stop its militant obsession, its endeavors to send more weapons, more cash, and more mercenaries, stop pushing Ukraine into NATO, and sit down at the negotiating table and get serious. And get the Nazis out of there, too. Strange how the Democrats and rhinos support Nazis in this conflict, by the way. Bottom line... When Trump is back in office, this war will end within hours. All right, I'll be back for segment five. Chet is up next. You are listening to Freedom on Deck on your local Fox News station, 94.9 WJJS. Freedom on Deck on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Good stuff by CV. Hey, guys, if anybody's out there wondering what's been going on as far as interviews and guests, uh, the situation is my audio is just not picking up through my mixer. or We've been having some issues with that. I'm getting a new piece of equipment. Hopefully that will be fixed within the next month or so. But for now, we're just not doing the guess. Okay, so coming from the National Pulse, uh, this is something that really uh, Lee Elsie and John LeBoutlier were talking a lot about last Wednesday when Lee actually went after Biden and John couldn't accept it. But aside from all that, all right, Joe Biden 
reacted with fury. This is coming from the National Pulse. We reacted with fury after a 345-page Justice Department report on his mishandling of classified documents questioned his mental faculties, railing at special counsel Robert Herr and members of the press for questioning his memory. He then proceeded to confuse the presidents of Mexico and Egypt. Uh, from from Biden, my memory is fine, Biden insisted, refusing to accept her assessment that his memory had shown significant limitations during an investigatory interview. Her noted in his report that the 81-year-old Democrat did not remember when he was vice president and did not remember even with several years when his son Bo died. How the hell dare he raise that, Biden said of the later observation. Bo Biden died in 2015. Fielding questions from the press, Biden shouted at reporters who presented him on public concerns over his mental and physical fitness, referring to hers recommendation that he should be charged because a jury like the Justice Department would see him as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with poor memory. Biden seed, I'm well-meaning and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. Shortly afterward, however, he described General Abdel Fattah El Sisi and President of Egypt as the President of Mexico, suggesting he should be given credit for persuading Mexico to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material into Gaza during the Israeli Hamas war. Wow, they can't make that stuff up. The follows Joe Biden claiming he spoke to Mitterrand of France and uh, Helmut Kohl of Germany about January 6th at the G7 meeting in 2021. Neither have governed their countries since the 90s, and both have been dead for many, many years. Listen, he doesn't know what he's talking about, okay? Okay. I can see that the man is definitely suffering either from dementia or worse when he screams, when he confuses names while he's trying to sound like he's all there and he's he's mixing a lot of them up. Now, presidents have done this in the past. George W. Bush used to do it every five minutes. Okay, but you knew he did that because he was dumb. Joe Biden's doing I'm not saying Joe Biden's a genius either. Don't worry. He's dumb as a box of rocks, too. But Joe Biden is not there mentally. He's not physically. Is he there? No, he falls up the stairs every time he tries to get on Air Force One. Now, I'm being facetious, of course. I'm not. But, you know, you guys know what I mean. This is this is somebody that is not ready for prime time, even though he's been in prime time his entire life. Don't forget, the media and journalists have covered up for this guy. If they're making these comments, it's high time they did because he's been doing this forever. I remember the excuse when he was at a – I think he was doing – he was doing a presser at a podium in the White House. When the presser was done, he walked off confused – about where he was and media had caught wind of what happened and they turned him around and they had to show him his way out of the hallways in the White House and the media's immediate cover-up was well he just got into office because this was in 2020-2021 when he when he first got into office and, um, you know, it, it didn't take long for people to point out he was the vice president. He was there for eight years. So that is uh, that's a cockamamie excuse, just like they come up with cockamamie excuses all the time for this guy. But it's gotten so bad to the point where even journalists that have been covering up for him for so long finally have to say, all right, there's something wrong here. And I think, you know, I've spoken to a lot of Democrats and liberals that I can get along with, 
So I still talk to some of them. They don't all hate me. They don't all want to see me, uh, you know, put through a wood chipper. But many of them have admitted when I say, well, he's not all there, is he? They all admit that he's not. They know he's not. And the idea to deflect and say Donald Trump, as John LeBoutlier did uh, last Wednesday on the Lee Elsie show, the idea that Joe Biden is more about his wits than Donald Trump is a joke. Donald Trump still runs all his businesses. He still does meetings. He still talks to the press more than Joe Biden does, even though he's been muzzled. And that's a that might be a good thing in some regards. It's bad in others. Donald Trump is hands on. One thing I can tell you for sure. When you see a tweet or an X post, whatever you want to call it, I still call it a tweet. When you see a tweet coming from the White House and Joe Biden, I can guarantee you it is never Joe Biden. Joe Biden doesn't do that stuff. He's not he's not aware. He I don't even know if he knows that he has social media accounts. I'm sure he does to some extent, whether he looks through what they're saying on social media for him or not. That's something I can't, uh, uh, I can't fathom them. Actually, I can't fathom him actually worrying about that. So I don't think he's hands on at all when he tries to communicate with the American people through social media. Donald Trump is, I can tell you one thing, Donald Trump, when when you see a post coming from Donald Trump, whether it's on X, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on True Social, True Socials, where you're mostly going to see it, it's Donald Trump. Nine times out of ten, there might be a couple where he's busy and he's having a meeting or he's doing a presser where someone else does it for him, but he always checks what's going through and it's usually him. He is he is there cognitively. He is there mentally. He is there physically. There, it is not even comparable to what Joe Biden has turned into, which is a mountain of mush. I don't even half the time. I'm not sure he knows who he is. I he looks lost. You see the gaze in his eyes. He's got that look of just being out of it. I'm not wishing this on him, even though I hate him. And uh, there's plenty of reasons not to like him besides all this. I, you know, uh, I don't like the man. I'll never forgive him for a lot of the things he's done. I do believe he's a pedophile. I think his son's a pedophile. I think a lot of the people around him are pedophiles. And I think they, uh, you know, hopefully one day they'll get a punishment due for the crime. But for now, he's our president. Well, not Freedom on Deck's president, but he's our president. You know what I mean? And um, you can't cover it up anymore. How could you? It's just not possible unless you're that brainwashed to the point of having to cover up for him no matter what he does. I've always said that they are so nervous of letting him speak to the American people. It's almost pathetic how much they have sacrificed in order to make him look good. For example, building a studio that looks like the Oval Office, which they admitted to and showed the pictures of. All you good liberals out there, that's already been admitted to. They already admitted that they made a fake Oval Office and somewhat a a fake podium for him to get in front of so they can pre-record everything he says because they're afraid he's going to say a racial... Uh, a racist curse or or he's going to say something so out of the ordinary that they would have to walk it back for a year. And you worry about Donald Trump saying something that is just brash. It's not the same thing. So congratulations. You get what you voted for. All right. TV's coming back on and then I'll round out the show with you guys. Freedom on deck. 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk.
Welcome back to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 Fox News Radio. Thanks, Chet. C.V. Burton back again, this time to talk about a few things. And if I could tie it all together, that would be ideal. So, Wednesday and Thursday were great days for the MAGA movement. That is, Make America Great Again movement. People who say disparaging things against MAGA seem to forget what it means. That it means make America great again. What's the matter? You don't want to make America great? What's the matter with you? You don't like a display? Sash it up your face. Maybe you don't have kids. Maybe you don't want to have a family. Maybe you have suicidal tendencies. I don't know. All I know is this. If you love your country, you should be feeling pretty good today. Because we are winning on so many levels right now. But if you hate this country... You're probably apoplectic. All I will say to you lefties is this. Don't go for the permanent solution for a temporary problem. There's still time to repent and embrace life. See, that's the problem with the leftist mentality. They are completely faithless. To them, everything is collapsing. Our natural resources are dwindling. There's overpopulation. Everything humans do destroys the planet. They think CO2 is a poison when it is a life-giving gas, abundant in the universe, abundant in our atmosphere, and without greenhouse gases in our atmosphere, planet Earth would be an ice cube with absolutely no life at all living on it, and that would make them happy. They believe that People with less melanin in their skin are necessarily racist and that everybody is a victim. And it's all freedom's fault. We need less freedom, less free market, zero capitalism. And we need total tyranny to make sure humans decrease, get back in their little boxes, keep their heads down and eat insects. They hate life. They hate the author of life, God himself. They hope to end life whenever possible, prevent life, prevent the formation of families whenever possible, destroy children's reproductive organs as much as possible, because after all, life hurts the planet. This planet would be happier to be a barren rock floating about in space like a giant asteroid. So the left are particularly miserable over the last month or so because the man they hate more than life itself, and that's saying something, the man who represents everything they hate, like life, competence, success, capitalism, vim and vigor, confidence, intelligence and common sense, and honesty and audacity to speak his opinions and make great things happen, they despise these things this man is crushing it in the primaries he destroyed DeSantis and Haley in Iowa and in rigged New Hampshire he crushed Nikki Birdbrain in Nevada Nikki lost the primary when Trump wasn't even on the ballot she lost to none of the above by 50% (laughs) you can't you can't even make this stuff up She was swamped in the Virginia Islands, too. South Carolina, where she was governor, she is down to about 18%, I heard, in the polls there. I think that's what I heard, 18% or so. Whatever the case, Trump is trouncing her in the polls in South Carolina. The only reason the globalists insist she stays in it is just in case the cheating left can somehow finagle getting Trump arrested and thrown in jail. Trump's top advisor is like the canary in the coal mine. That is uh, Peter Navarro I'm talking about. Their test run. Because they almost have him in jail for not complying to a congressional subpoena. Well, neither did Hunter, but he's fine. Right now he's snorting coke off the ass of a hooker. Alright? Be that as it may, Trump is the de facto nominee as the Republican presidential candidate this year. Make no mistake. The indictments are failing. 
Jack Smith, General Zod, as I call him, is writhing around on the ground like a possessed man with foam coming out of his mouth because all his persecutions and indictments are going nowhere. The election fraud case, yeah, he's going after Trump for election fraud. Get this, for questioning the accuracy of the election. That's election fraud. That case is on hold indefinitely. His other case for mishandling documents is delayed because of many legal problems with the case that he brought. The Georgia indictment, which was over the fact that Trump sought to exercise his right to challenge the validity of the election there, is all mired in scandal because the district attorney of Fulton County, Fannie Willis, who brought the charges, is sleeping with her top prosecutor in the case and giving him and herself hefty kickbacks in the form of travel, luxuries, and cold hard cash. That case is going nowhere. All these indictments are going nowhere. Then you have Colorado and other states trying to keep Trump off the ballot because the global left, including rhinos, will do anything to stop him because they know he's going to win unless they pull off some trick and cheat him out of it again. Well... We just heard the Supreme Court on Thursday smacking down the plaintiffs in that case, which will end all the attempts of various states trying to take them off the ballots. So that's all up in smoke. They haven't ruled yet, but you can take that to the bank and smoke it in your pipe. That came on the heels of the corrupt border deal dying in the Senate on Wednesday. Stick that in your pipe. And also on Thursday, the Her report came out. It was delicious in some ways and annoying in another way. It showed that Biden was grossly guilty of mishandling stolen classified documents and even disclosing them to others. But they won't prosecute him, okay? That is the annoying part because they're hounding Trump to the ends of the earth over his handling of documents which he was fully authorized to handle. In other words... Trump did not steal them, and he never disclosed them to others. Those are felonious charges. See, that's annoying, right? Except, get this, the reason given for not charging Biden is because he is an old, decrepit man who is mentally handicapped, except they said it like this. He's an old man who means well, but has a poor memory. What? Many will say... There are no accidents in D.C. that this report came out and aired Biden's obvious mental disabilities on purpose so that they can switch him out at this time with another candidate. And don't say Michelle Michael Obama because she or he would never do it. Too many skeletons in her closet and she knows it. She'll never put herself through that. Too many bones and dead man's bones like her cook who was obviously murdered at their estate at Martha's Vineyard. Anyway, it's now come to the fore where even the leftist media are questioning Biden's mental condition. He is obviously in the advanced stages of dementia and Alzheimer's disease, maybe even syphilis. Throw that possibility in there for good measure. Either way, he's on his way out of the race right now. So in conclusion, it is not looking good for Democrats or globalist rhinos right now. They suffer from TDS. They are foaming at the mouth. And if they are like this now, just wait until November 5th. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to celebrate for weeks. November will be Trump History Month. The greatest comeback in presidential history. Mark my words. And who do we have to thank? Well, you can thank Trump's base, which I believe is the majority, not the minority. It is the minority left that live in their Potemkin village pretending to be the majority with the help of the entire media and internet machine which they own and which they use to brainwash, censor, and spy on Americans like the proverbial Orwellians that they are. So you can thank Trump's base, but ultimately thank Yahweh, the God of all creation, who created the stars, the planets, 
and even the most mind-boggling, gigantic black holes that are so powerful that not even light can escape. Okay? Maybe they are like the lake of fire as described in the book of Revelation. He that is not found written in the book of life is cast into the lake of fire where the dragon and false prophet are. Chet will be back to wrap up the show. This is C.V. Burton signing off until next week. God bless you and yours. Fight on. Keep winning. You're listening to Freedom on Deck 94.9 FM. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Last segment of the day, usually this is the roundup, and I'm still going to kind of keep it in that vein. You know, I'm a big WWE fan. Uh, More the retro stuff, the Attitude Era. If anybody's listening and is a wrestling fan, you know what I mean by the Attitude Era. That was the era of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And most of the time... There were altering characters around Steve Austin and also Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon, once he kind of exposed himself as the owner of the WWE, then he became the character of Mr. McMahon, and him and Steve Austin had war for for years, and it was always great TV. It became massive. They went public. Uh, Steve Austin really turned WWE into something that it never would have been uh, without him. Now we see all this stuff with Vince McMahon coming forward that he was abusing this young girl. Brock Lesnar was also abusing this girl and probably others that, you know, Vince would shove these girls off to Brock Lesnar. Uh, It got as far as him putting feces in their hair. There's just horrible, horrible stuff in this report. I will say this, from now on in, it's going to be, I'm not watching WWE anymore. The report that I read with this guy, unless they totally denounce him and take away anything he's done, I can't watch it. And it's sad because, like I said, during the Attitude Era, I was a big fan, and his feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin, it was huge. And uh, even going back to watch that, it's going to be kind of hard. But I didn't want to talk about that too much. But it is out there. It's a big news story. So good luck, Vince. All right, the WHO. Let's talk about the WHO. This is coming from the National Pulse. The United Nations World Health Organization has assembled a guideline development group on trans and gender diverse people comprised almost entirely of far left ideologues. WHO regulations state that GDG members should not have made any prior public declaration of a firm opinion or position on the subject under consideration or be involved in relevant activist organizations. Nevertheless, roughly 75% of the GDG's panel members are transgender or affiliated with activist organizations such as the World Professional Association Association for Transgender Health. All right, here's a statement from a someone in the UN. The majority of the GDG clearly have strong one-sided views in favor of promoting hormonal gender transition and legal recognition of self-asserted gender, warned Reem Al-Salim, UN special rapporteur on violence against women and girls in a rare example of UN attempting to hold itself to account of the 21 announced GDG members, not one appears to represent a voice of caution for medicalizing youth with gender dysphoria or the protection of female only spaces. She added one WPATH board member attached to the GDG. Chris McClellan self identifies as gender non-binary and trans masculine and <laughs> good God and is on record as supporting so-called gender affirming treatments such as puberty blockers and genital mutilation surgery. Another 
another GDG member, Zakaria Nassar, founder of a group involved in trans and queer feminist organizing in Lebanon, funded by European Union EU. One trans ideologue who has withdrawn from the GDG following media scrutiny is Florence Ashley, a trans feminine jurist bioethnic public speaker and activist, say that 10 times fast, who has argued puberty blockers should be the default for young people. He has also written about his transition in graphic detail, describing how he has to dilate four times a day to what this is his statement, not mine, to wash his coochie to maintain his mock vagina, comparing the process to taking it up the rear end, minus a fear of pooping everywhere. Oh, my God. This is his statement. I'm sorry. That That is just absolutely disgusting. The WHO is screwed up. If anything, I would say it's genius what they're doing, right? All the nations compromise in the WHO that sit on a board are from nations where this stuff rarely happens. It's not being pushed down the throats of children. They're not doing any of this stuff because it doesn't happen over there. You go to Lebanon, they're not doing uh, trans surgeries. You go to Afghanistan, if you even talk about that, they're going to hang you or they're going to throw you off a building. That's just how it is. Even in the wonderful, wonderful world of the Gaza Strip with the Palestinians, they will kill you for even saying that you feel like a woman or feel like a man, but you do not match that with your bio. That's going to be something that's not taken well. But here in America, here in America, especially in the liberal states, wow, they they almost have control over these kids. You don't have to tell the parents. Uh, you speak to them in privacy. Your Their word in your office doesn't go anywhere else, even if they're only 11, 12, 13, 14, which is absolutely disgusting. And they can start giving you these puberty blockers and start giving you all these other dangerous, dangerous chemicals in order to change you. And then mutilate your private parts. Now, a child isn't at a sexual peak, right? We all know that. We don't get there till till we're out of high school. Yet they can make a decision to alter their sexuality best that they can do it or the way they describe it. You know, cutting off your wing-wang and putting something else there with this disgusting... A piece of garbage, Zakaria Nassar, who believes that that's okay because he's got to watch his coochie and it sometimes it can be really bad. I don't want to go through that again. It's something I don't want to picture. But the WHO is happy making America weaker. And they are doing a pretty damn good job of it. So is the UN. So is the Democrat. The Democrat Party is doing better than anyone. They're, they're, they're light years ahead of everybody else as far as knocking us down a few pegs. By making men women, that's going to – the result, the result is not good. I don't care what anybody says. It's not good. And we've seen that. Look at the drop – in black Americans and Latino Americans going into the military. Why do you think that is? Why is there such a big drop in applicants for all military branches from the black and the Latino community? And by by and large from males going into the military period, it's way down. Well, it's because of stuff like this. It's because the military is being, being infiltrated with stuff like this. You have generals wearing dresses with lipstick and and wigs. Listen, if that's what you do behind the scenes, fine. Don't go showing that off to the world. You don't understand. They don't look at it the same way 
and it, and it causes us to have a, a big target on our back. I don't have anything against anyone for being what they want to be. As long as you're not hurting a child, and I don't think child, children should have the right to decide for themselves with all that. I'm just going to say it. They should not have that right at all. It should be the parents. That's it. Just the parents. Because it will not work out well. But man, the pegs that we've been dropped to because of this singular issue, the Democrats leading the charge, that's another reason we got to get Donald Trump back in there. Because under this president, our military has been weakened. It's almost to the point where it's beyond repair. There's so many bad people put into place that are questionable as far as their ethics and their motivation and who they are. It's not good for America. It's not good for us. It's not good for our kids. But keep voting them in. Just like I said when we were discussing the Chris Murphy story. Keep putting them in. It'll get better at some point. It's got to, right? Wrong. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. Volume back with me and CV. Next week, we'll be back with Brian as usual. No guests next week. I don't think that's going to happen for the foreseeable future. Um, I hope you guys understand that. But be here. Same freedom time. Same freedom station. 94.9 News Now and stimulating talk with freedom on deck. God bless America.